Hello, and welcome to another episode of Capsule Rx Podcast. Today, I'll be your host, Dr. Jovan Lazo. And today, I'm with uh, a great friend of Bailey's. So we have Dr. Bailey Sism on the line. Um, and we also have her friend and our special guest today, Dr. Catherine Gilmore. How are you? I am great today, Jovan. How are you? I'm doing fine. Um, podcast number two for the day. Alex and I are going for the record. And uh, um, we're having a great time right now. We're just super excited to be able to have the opportunity to interview you because Bailey was telling us how the place where you all did your PGY1 was such a unique experience. And I wanted to kind of dive deeper um, into that experience. And so I was super thankful that you were willing to be interviewed by us. And I was kind of hoping you can just give a brief introduction um, about yourself and kind of talk about that PGY1 program. And then we'll start getting to some of the questions about that pharmacy. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's great to be here. Um, I'm Catherine, like we all know now. Um, and I am originally from Springfield, Illinois, land of Lincoln, um, and went to undergrad and pharmacy school at Southern Illinois University, Edwardsville. Um, so if you're not familiar with Midwest geography, which not many people are, it's about mm-hmm. 20 minutes on the Illinois side of St. Louis, Missouri. Um, and I graduated pharmacy school in 2020 and then moved out to Asheville, North Carolina for a PGY1 community-based residency program with the University of North Carolina School of Pharmacy and Sona Pharmacy Plus Clinic. Um, and I currently work as a staff pharmacist with Sona um, and also kind of help coordinate all of our vaccine efforts, which started mid-residency when we received our large shipment of COVID vaccines. And, of course. you know, we're still seeing the effects of that today, including mm-hmm. the, you know, FDA approval of the booster dose for the kids. Mm-hmm. I'm sure. I'm sure it was a, it was a wild time um, having to go through that probably showed um, how strong of a, of an employee you are and probably showed your greatness in those moments. Cause all I've heard about from my colleagues that were working in, in the retail and community setting was how challenging it was to get all these vaccines out and still kind of maintaining your, your um, prescription load. So I'm sure uh, you probably did a great job with that. Thank you. I call it the uh, residency project that has never ended. Mm. We're, we're still, we're still jabbing arms today. <laughs> yes. Oh, definitely. Definitely. And um, hopefully it stops soon, but the way it looks like it might be an annual thing or maybe just every five months we're getting a booster, but we'll see. We don't know what the future, um, what the future has for us, but, uh, to kind of go back, um, to your PGY one experience, what would you say was one of the reasons why you were interested in being at that PGY one at Sona pharmacy? Yeah. So I think the biggest draw for me for Sona was that they had everything in terms of outpatient pharmacy. I am a firm believer that the job I will have in 10 to 15 years as a pharmacist does not exist today. And so my whole intention for doing a community residency was to be exposed to as many aspects of outpatient pharmacy as possible and be able to build that toolkit um, and, and resource bank to prepare myself for the job in 10 to 15 years that doesn't exist. Because as we all know, the profession of pharmacy is changing daily, hourly at this point. Um, And so that's really what attracted me to Sona. So um, just a little bit of background about Sona. Um, They, we are a a innovative independent community pharmacy business in in Asheville, North Carolina. 
Um, and the business model includes your traditional community pharmacy. Um, we have a very robust med sync program, medication synchronization program. Um, we have a program called Sona Access, which is a transitions of care and adherence packaging program, all within our traditional community pharmacy. We have a separate specialty pharmacy. We have a compounding pharmacy. We have uh, another smaller pharmacy inside of a continuing care retirement community in a town about 20 minutes outside of Asheville. We have a CPP or clinical pharmacist practitioner embedded in a primary care office that's located inside of our main pharmacy. And we have a pharmacist run PBM. So when you think about all things outside of the hospital walls in terms of what a pharmacist can do, Sona really touches a lot of different facets. And so that's really having a hand in almost all of those aspects of the business mm-hmm. was, you know, and especially with the community uh, community residency, all of our rotations are longitudinal. So it was one day here, one day there, and it just continued for the year. And so I really um, was exposed to a lot and got to really have a hand and, and play a role in a lot of different aspects of, of Sona. Mm-hmm. I'm sure in residency, you probably got exposed to a lot of different opportunities there, but as a working pharmacist, are you kind of tailored to one field? Cause I know you mentioned you're a staff pharmacist there. So are you just kind of tailored to one of those positions or do you get to venture out and do a little bit of specialty, a little bit of compounding, um, a little bit of the TLC services? So <laughs> a lot of the pharmacists now as Sona continues to rapidly grow, kind of have found their little niche, but um, the joy about my position is that it kind of overarches a lot of different things. So while I consider myself a staff pharmacist, I do spend time at our specialty pharmacy and coordinating vaccines. I'm our primary preceptor for the students that we get from various colleges and schools of pharmacy. Um, and then, you know, kind of float in between health coaching and, and prior authorizations for our PBM. So uh, I think the residency really set me up well to be the staff pharmacist that's a jack of all trades, if you will, within mm-hmm. uh, within Sona. Definitely. It sounds like it. And that's kind of where I believe pharmacy is heading. Something where a lot of pharmacists, a lot of pharmacy managers are looking for people who are flexible and have a lot of capabilities to be either someone who can train individuals in certain fields or be capable of being pushed or employed in certain fields, whether it's a transition to care setting, a specialty setting, um, a typical retail setting managing vaccines, that project management type of workload. So there's a lot of different things. It sounds like you were able to gain experience in, which is definitely unique um, with Sona Pharmacy than probably a lot of other places have to offer. Um, And I kind of wanted to talk more about some of those benefits. Is there anything else that you feel like you might've left off um, that is some of the benefits to Sona compared to other retail or community pharmacies? Yeah. So from the pharmacist perspective, um, you know, I, I really feel like, yes, I was a resident there last year. And the whole point of, of being a resident is learning and growing yourself. But I feel like I've never felt that I wasn't supported in anything that I do or any idea that I have um, from the managers and the other pharmacists. It's really a, a whole team effort because we are an independent company and we float on our own. Um, so we all really rely on each other to, you know, push the pharmacy forward and stay connected and make sure that we are 
truly supporting one another. Um, and it, it all kind of goes back to this culture of hospitality that the pharmacy has been built on. Um, everything that we do is kind of striving towards that culture of hospitality. Um, we have what's called a concierge desk when you walk into our main retail pharmacy. Um, and there you'll find a customer service associate standing next to a staffing pharmacist. And they're there the entire time the pharmacy's open. Um, their job is not to check a prescription. It's not to answer the phone. It's not to, you know, call doctor's offices. Their job is to be there for the patients that walk in or walk out of the clinic doors and into the pharmacy and answer questions and, and serve as a resource to them. And while many community pharmacies have you know, pharmacists tucked away behind the counter, and while we do have that, you know, in workflow and keeping the pharmacy running, we want patients to know that we are there dedicated to being their most accessible healthcare provider. And so I think as pharmacists going through pharmacy school, everything we do is focused around patient care and having a concierge desk and being there and being a visible resource to our community, I think promotes the utmost patient care in community pharmacy. Um, so I think that's definitely a big benefit to being a, a pharmacist within SONA. Definitely. And something you mentioned is something I always envisioned the route. If, if I were to create my own pharmacy, I would, or create a, healthcare model or institution, it would be something where it's treated almost like a spa day. I want it to be a healthcare spa day where you actually enjoy the experience. Like you said, I think it's beautiful that you have a concierge service where it's like, as soon as they walked in, they're being greeted and they're, they have individuals that are dedicated straight to the patients and not focused on, um, with the phones, not ignoring any of the patients because they have to work, work and focus on other things. It's like all the attention is on the patients because ultimately, um, we have to always remember this is a business and most places will say the customer is always right. So you want to make sure your customers are in a place or in a setting where they feel comfortable and they want to keep coming back. And it sounds like having that culture of hospitality has you've been able to build that there at Sona. And that sounds like a, a dream come true. I believe for a lot of pharmacists, that's something that they want too. They want patients to enjoy um, coming to their clinic or coming to their pharmacy and they want to create a safe haven for their patients. And it seems like that's kind of what you guys are doing over there. And I think that's really, really incredible. Yeah, absolutely. It's continues to be one of my favorite things about working there. Definitely. And then, yeah. Oh, go ahead, Bailey. Yeah. I just wanted to chime in. I mean, we kind of talked about how Catherine and I have known each other. So doing our PGY one, same program together and both being at independent pharmacies, Catherine, I just wanted to hear your like perspective on maybe like one of the biggest misconceptions of community pharmacy, because like Joven and I have talked about before, PGY1 community-based residencies are like not super common. And I definitely feel like pharmacy schools push inpatient AmCare. Um, and then I feel like a lot of times retail is seen as a backup plan and maybe not someone's first option. So um, yeah, what are your thoughts on that? I, I think community pharmacy is kind of where it all started, right? Like pharmacists, we are used to seeing pharmacists back in the 1800s, 1700s, you know, grinding with a mortar and pestle and, you know, making prescription drugs for these patients, whether they're legal or not. Um, but we, I feel like community pharmacy 
goes beyond just the actual putting a pills in a vial, dispensing prescriptions, getting them out the door, meeting metrics. While that's important, there are so many things within a community pharmacy that you can use and and serve as a resource for your community. Um, Yes, we need to put pills in a vial because patients need to get their medications, but there are patient relationships that can be built with that. There and through that you can, you know, find out that patients are lacking transportation or don't have stable housing or, you know, can't get their medications, can't take them twice a day because they, you know, have a condition that makes them fall asleep at night and so they can't remember to take their basal insulin. Um, you know, because of those relationships and the fact that you call them monthly with your sync program or the fact that your delivery driver, Jimmy, checks in on them every week when he delivers pill packs to them. You, you build these relationships in community pharmacy. And, and that's what it's all about. My job as a community pharmacist is to keep my patients out of the hospital. It's to keep them from their to keep their conditioning conditions from worsening because I'm making sure that they're getting the medications that they need that are safe, effective. You know, we're checking in on side effects and and minimizing those as best as possible and being almost like the the quarterback of the healthcare team, right? They've they've got a primary care provider, but their primary care provider doesn't know, you know, may not talk to their social worker or may not talk to Meals on Wheels and get them connected with with food and transportation or, you know, talk with a caseworker with Medicaid and get them transportation to and from their doctor's appointments or, or whatnot. So I feel like their go- community pharmacy is so much more than a backup plan because community pharmacy is exactly that. We are there for our community. Um, and like I said, my job is to keep my patients out of the hospital. And when if they don't see an inpatient pharmacist at all, then that means I've done my job right. Yeah, preach. Um, I love that. And totally agree. Um, I definitely, you know, want to take a second just to brag on you, though, because you have consistently gone above and beyond for your patients. As long as we've been friends, you know, we met during our PGY1. But some of the stories that you've told me, you know, being on call um, for hospice and going into the pharmacy at the wee hours of the night um, to make sure that medications could get to the patient or delivering something in your own car, driving your little Prius out in Asheville to deliver a medication or figuring out a dosing conversion because you weren't able to get something in stock to make sure the patient didn't go without their meds. Like you really do go above and beyond for patients. And I think it's just a testament to how much of an impact community pharmacists can make. So I think you're doing a stellar job. Thank you so much, Bailey. I appreciate the bragging, but um, I, it's what we're here for. I mean, we're here to be servants to our community and and make sure that our patients are are well taken care of. So it's, it's all in a day's work. Definitely. And, and I I thought you dropped a bar in there, Catherine. Um, When you mentioned like your job is to keep patients out of the hospital. And I think of the, I think of pharmacy the same exact way. Our jobs, whether it's in TLC, retail, whatever it is, it's to ensure that we're choosing the medications that are safest and also the most effective when it comes to reducing outcomes for our patients. Like, yeah, one thing I know I always talk to students about and and sometimes with um, some of my colleagues is 
you know, maybe their blood pressure is controlled, but, you know, maybe we can switch them to a, a medication that's better and reducing outcomes, you know, cause that's the main thing. Like you could have patients that are controlled or patients that are on good medications, but are those medications the best one at reducing outcomes from preventing that patient from being rehospitalized? So that's something, um, especially when it comes to, I feel like we've been talking about COPD a lot, Alex, Alex is here in the background. Um, so with like, with the, with the ABCD grid with COPD, you know, recommending the proper inhalers, depending on which grid they, they, um, or which quadrant they belong to. And that's something that I think a lot of us should take pride more in is having that kind of mindset. So I feel like we should vote for Kathy for president because <laughs> she, uh, like, I'm loving that energy and I'm loving uh, what you're preaching right now to the choir. I would vote for her hands down. See, you got two people voting for you. You, you have to do it now. Oh, sure. We'll write her in yeah. on the next ballot. On the next ballot, yeah, we'll we'll start writing you in. Why don't you have like a thousand votes at least? Power of the pot. Yes, to just about anything. So sure, I'll do it. <laughs> All right, perfect. Um, okay, so for our next question here, so we we talked about from the pharmacist perspective. Now I wanted to touch to the patient's perspective. I know you you talked about the concierge service, but what else do you believe differs from the patient perspective? Um, between Sona Pharmacy and other community and retail pharmacies? Yeah, so um, I briefly mentioned our program called Sona Access. Um, And what that is, is I I say kind of the product that comes out of Sona Access are are pill packs, our adherence packaging, um, but really it goes beyond the pill pack. Um, So they're what the packs look like. They're seven-day um, disposable pill packs with four uh, dosing times per day, um, and patients get four of them at a time, so 28 days worth of medicine. Um, but, you know, that product is what they they receive. However, the technicians and pharmacists in our access program go well beyond just filling those prescriptions. There's comprehensive uh, medication reviews before patients even can go in pill packs. Anytime they have a transition of care, there's coordination between their skilled nursing facility, the hospital, wherever they're transitioning out of to, you know, wherever they're transitioning to, typically home. Um, But then there's also, you know, Sona Access serves as a a resource, too, for those patients, Um, almost like a social, they're almost like community health workers or social workers, um, in, in constant, constant communication with hospitals and, and doctor's offices. Um, and so we, Sona Access is for really anyone, uh, anyone that wants their medications prepackaged or doesn't want to fill a pill box. But um, we serve a lot of um, rehabilitation facilities here or recovery centers. There's quite a few out in Nashville. So that's one population that we um, have in, in our pill packs through access, they have a lot of frequent medication changes from their psychiatrist. So we help kind of manage those, whether it's an inpatient psychiatrist or outpatient. Um, Patients with memory issues. We have one patient who goes to the hospital once a month, maybe every other month. And so it's a constant battle to make sure that her discharge meds are, you know, being reconciled with her her primary care meds that they're keeping her on and keeping up to date with what's on the hosp- different hospitals she goes to's formulary. And, you know, I, 
she came to us on um, two high intensity statins and had been on two high intensity statins for six months. So, you know, that was a very glaring first thing to go, but um, there's just a lot of detail um, focus on the details with our access program that I think goes beyond just your bubble packaging adherence program um, that I feel is pretty unique. Um, Another kind of benefit to our patients and, Honestly, we have a lot of people that come to us, um, you know, who may just get one or two prescriptions um, is for our free delivery service. So we don't charge a dime for our delivery and we deliver within 45 minutes of our pharmacy. So Asheville's a, a pretty good sized city. Um, I honestly have no idea how many people live here. But once you get out of the city limits, you are in rural North Carolina, rural Appalachia. And um, there's a lot of lack of access to healthcare resources and honestly lack of transportation. And so we have a lot of people out there that use our delivery service. And honestly, our delivery drivers go far beyond their job description. We've got drivers who, you know, help bring in the groceries or go get the mail. Um, You know, I had a driver call me one night at eight o'clock and say, Hey, I've been delivering to this guy for years and he never leaves his dog in the yard and the dog looks emaciated and He's not answering the phone. What do I do? Um, and I'm banging on the door. He's not there. Um, but his lights are on. And, um, you know, I was like, well, we could call for a wellness check. And turns out, you know, he had he had hypoglycemia and um, didn't have diabetes, but they were able to come in, check on him, take him to the hospital and, and get him checked out. So, um, you know, the drivers are very attentive and they really build relationships with these patients too. So I feel like that's another kind of shining point um, that's not necessarily a clinical service and definitely not offered by, you know, a pharmacist themselves, but really sets us apart from, from other uh, retail pharmacies. Yeah. And I I just looked it up. So it seems like there's about 92,000 people that live in Asheville. And that was one thing that I I saw really struck out to me when I looked at the website was the free delivery service. I was like, how, how are you guys not losing money? You know, like, how how are you guys doing this? Um, And I just think that's an incredible thing because one, just thinking of weather, it's a bit different than everybody that's here in Florida listening um, because you you do get some cold weather up there. So weather could play a role. Of course, when you think of most of our patients, they're probably geriatric. And so it might be um, having some issues with vision loss or different things to where their driving may be impaired and it might be safer for them or easier for them to just have somebody bring it to their location. And if you could provide that for free, that's such an incredible benefit that these patients can have and really kind of um, kind of shows how your pharmacy or Sona pharmacy is, is willing to go above and beyond to do right by the patient. Absolutely. Yeah. Thank you for that. And then um, I know you talked about earlier about the specialty pharmacy. Um, do you mind kind of touching a little bit more on that? I was kind of wondering like what disease states, medications you possibly deal with in that specialty pharmacy? Yeah. So um, the majority of the disease states that we deal with center around the different specialty practices that are in the Asheville area. Um, So Asheville's the biggest city for a lot of Western North Carolina. So people come, you know, a couple hours from a couple hours away to come see a a specialist here. Um, But, you know, the, the bigger specialties and, and more focused specialties are in Charlotte or, or in the Triangle area. Um, so we 
deal a lot with dermatology, rheumatology, um, neurology. So we have a pediatric hospital, well, not a specialty hospital, but um, like a, a children's floor in the main hospital. Okay. Um, and they have a focus on, um, they have pediatric neurologists there. And so there's a, quite a few patients with um, pretty rare seizure disorders that we dispense a drug called Epidiolex for. So that's the FDA approved CBD oil. Mm-hmm. Um, and we're one of three pharmacies in North Carolina that distribute that. So um, pretty niche population there. Um, and then we also have a pretty robust um, HIV population, uh, patients mm-hmm. with HIV. Okay. So yeah, pretty, okay. pretty diverse. We're not really specialized in, in one disease state or another. Okay. And then with dermatology, you're kind of referring to like rheumatoid, um, like some rheumatoid psoriasis, like psoriasis, um, psoriatic arthritis, rheumatoid arthritis, things like that. Yeah. Eczema. Eczema as well. Okay. Okay, cool. No, I think that's, that's really awesome. And it's, it's rare to, I mean, you see that with retail pharmacies, you see them have a specialty, but usually, um, you kind of expect it to just be that, right? When it comes to independent pharmacies, you kind of expect them to have one focus, but it's pretty interesting and cool that there's so many different niche fields, um, within this one company, this one independent pharmacy. And then as far as like the, TLC, how was how does that kind of go about um, within Sona Pharmacy? Yeah, so that um, transitions of care is mostly just within our Sona Access program. Um, okay. We have a technician that's dedicated to collecting med lists from all of the providers involved in a patient's care, and our pharmacists do comprehensive med recs on that. Um, we keep pretty close tabs on our patients that have frequent transitions of care and work. Um, closely with um, some of the accountable care organizations too, to make sure that, you know, we're, we're keeping, um, keeping patients as adherent as possible and and getting medications to them in a very timely manner once they're discharged from their skilled nursing facility or from the hospital. Thank you for Um, that. Go ahead, Bailey. I was just going to say, so you mentioned accountable care organizations. So ACO, um, I feel like that is something that when I went through pharmacy school, I was like, I don't really understand what the medical home or like an ACO is. So do you want to give a quick description for our listeners? So there's um, like mission is HCA's hospital out here. Um, And they have their own accountable care organization that works with their practices. So it's called mission health partners and they really are the ones that like do the legwork to make sure that their provider, their providers are meeting their metrics Mm -hmm. um, and maximizing reimbursement. So we work with their, with mission health partners to make sure that to help them kind of boost their metrics and keep their patients adherent. If that makes sense. Yes. No, it does. It, it makes sense. Um, especially if, if you're in like the inventory background, a lot of things are about metrics, um, whether it's the, there's value-based performance you're here about and different things like that. And I don't want to get into like the CMS and star measures. Um, I know like for cardiothoracic surgeons, they look at SCS um, as far as their, their metrics. So every, I feel like almost everybody has a metric that they look at um, in pharmacy. And that's kind of, that gauge to help you know whether or not if you're meeting the standards that you should be, if you're able to meet those standards, 
that's kind of showing um, the success of that pharmacy or the success of that practice if you're assisting doctors and trying to achieve um, those metrics. So that's something that um, I think that was a great explanation, kind of talking about um, Mission Bay and kind of how the ACOs, the affordable care um, organizations, play a role in healthcare and in um, Sona Pharmacy. So for my last question, uh, Kathy, unless Alex or Bailey has anything else they wanted to add, I kind of just wanted to ask you from your personal experience, what would you say has been the most rewarding thing about working at Sona Pharmacy? Hmm, that's a really good question. Um, I don't, I don't know if there's one, you know, standout moment for me or, you know, one specific aspect, but I think it's, I honestly think the most rewarding thing is working with a team of amazing technicians and pharmacists and delivery drivers to, you know, provide the best patient care that we can and and be a resource for our community. Um, Through Sona, I've had so many opportunities to form connections within the Asheville and Western North Carolina uh, community and, and population, whether it's going to rural Appalachia and providing, you know, first dose COVID vaccines in April, 2022 um, for, you know, patients where their health literacy is lower to, you know, going to retirement communities and and (laughs) chatting it up with, with the retirees and and getting doses in their arms and talking to them about their medications or, or, you know, providing education to them as well through different education opportunities that they, and classes that they take. I just feel a deep connection to the community here because of my role in Sona and because of the support that I've received from the team. Um, you know, everybody shows up at work with a smile on their face, which, you know, honestly, through the pandemic, it, it, w- it was quite a challenge sometimes for probably many different people. But, um, you know, we all have the goal to leave this world a better place than we found it. And for us, we do that through making sure our patients are, are healthy and taken care of. And at the end of the day, that's, that's all that matters. And that's really what keeps us going. Definitely. And, and that only enhances your experience, you know, being around those type of individuals that are going to push you and want you to strive to do better and um, to do great things. And it, it's the culture is important. And I think that's the main thing I walked away from is that there's an incredible culture there. And the culture is about hospitality, not only for the patients, but also the employees, um, especially pharmacists. And I think that's something that we've all, been craving and kind of want um, at the places that we work at. And, and hope, hopefully anybody that's listening can kind of adopt the mentality that you kind of have and the, the mentality that Sona has and incorporate that into their own pharmacy and, the, and in their daily practices. Absolutely. Um, is there any questions that you have uh, for us before <laughs> we let you go? I don't think so. Um, Ooh, we're awesome off the hot seat. <laughs> yeah. 